This one is called Deception. I sat on the edge of my bed and put on my boots. I loosened the laces first and tied it tightly around my ankle. I picked up the other boot and did the same on the opposite foot. I stood up and felt a slight rush to my head as I stood. The room went black for a few seconds, but my vision came back. I peered at my phone. The time read 5.07 p.m. I went over my day and thought, have I eaten today? I looked at the crumpled sheets on the bed, the Kleenexes next to the nightstand, and the gum wrapper on the ground. Nope, I have not eaten. Before leaving my bedroom, I put on a thin hoodie and grabbed a baseball cap. I made my way to the kitchen, my boots clomping across the wooden floor. I opened the fridge and saw some pretty dismal choices. I don't believe I can make a sandwich out of hot sauce packets and mustard, and I wasn't interested in trying. I found my keys and wallet on the couch and glanced at the empty beer bottles on the ground next to it. I went to the garage and took out my bike. I biked to the nearest gas station and bought a chicken sandwich for $1.09 and a red slushie. I sat outside on the metal picnic table and watched the customers filter in and out of the store. My phone now read 5.45, and my day was just beginning. I couldn't believe I had slept so late again today. How was I still tired after, getting, after just getting up? I biked back home. I tried to enjoy the crisp air on my way, but my boots felt heavy as I was pushing the pedals. I glided the last few blocks to my house with minimal effort. I didn't put the bike back in the garage, but left it in the yard. I grabbed a small bag and walked around the house collecting garbage, the beer bottles first, followed by some Kleenexes, gum wrappers, candy bars, chip bags. I shoved the small bag into the bigger garbage bin under my sink that was overflowing already. I stomped in the garbage bag with my boots until it lay flat near the bottom. When I picked up my phone, I noticed I had one new message. I clicked on it and read a text from my mom. She wanted to know what I was doing next Wednesday and if I could come over for supper. I shut my phone and flopped on the couch instead. Within minutes of putting on a movie, I felt my eyes grow heavy with fatigue. I adjusted my spot on the couch and tried sitting more upright instead of laying down. I put a pillow behind my head to support my neck and pulled the blanket over my boots. I thought about taking them off, but the effort seemed too much. I heard a buzzing in my left ear. It was loud, like the sound of a cicada on a hot summer's day. I rubbed it for a few minutes until it faded. My phone read 7.30, and I fought the urge to climb into bed. I set a goal to make it until at least 9 and set an alarm on my phone. They don't need you, I heard her say. The voice was pounding in my head. I glanced around the room and saw no one. I turned the TV up louder and focused my eyes on the movie. Saturday, I woke up at 2 p.m. My eyes were blurry. I glanced at my feet. My boots were still on. My blanket was still pulled tight. My alarm on my phone was repeatedly going off. I silenced my phone and rolled off the couch. A reminder popped up on my Google Calendar. Nikki's birthday party at 3, it read. The time was now 2.15. I grabbed a glass of water from the kitchen and then another. I sat at the table and scrolled through my phone. I had 10 missed messages from my friends and family, and I deleted them all without a response and shoved the phone into my back pocket. I went to my bedroom to get fresh clothes for after my shower. I heard her again. It doesn't matter if you come. No one cares if you're there. I shook my head and looked around the room again. I saw the curtain move out of the corner of my eye, but saw no one. As I was sitting on my bed, holding my clothes, I stared at the picture on my nightstand. 
It was one of us together, smiling, holding hands. I flipped it over and stretched backwards. My eyes fluttered and then closed. When I woke up, the room was dark. I grabbed the phone from my pocket and saw that the time was 9.08. Fuck. I scrolled through my texts again. 11 more missed messages. I read the first line of them, but didn't open the text. Nikki's text read, Where are you, ba-? I couldn't bear to look at the rest of her texts. My eyes became wet with tears. Spontaneous crying had become a thing for me now. I sniffled and grabbed Kleenexes from the nightstand. My box was out, so I reused the ones from a few days ago. You are so not worth it, I heard her say again. I stood up and peeked behind the closet door. I found nothing but my overflowing laundry basket, hangers, and smelly socks. What am I doing, I keep thinking. Why am I like this? I took a shower in panic and changed. I convinced myself I had just been exhausted from my work week and drummed up the courage to call Nikki. We talked on the phone for a while. She was hysterical at first that I hadn't come. She was worried about me. As we talked, I was able to convince her that I just hadn't been feeling good but would love to see her tomorrow. We talked for an hour and her voice made me smile. It felt foreign to smile. I glided into bed and set the alarm for 10 a.m. We planned to have lunch at noon at our favorite restaurant, my treat, of course. I didn't sleep well. I kept hearing repeated voices. They were louder and neater than the ones I had heard earlier in the day. I shot up in bed. My phone read 4.07 a.m. I shook my head and turned on the lamp. I started scrolling through Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. I saw pictures of Nikki's party I'd missed. It looks like most of her friends had shown up. Her blue eyes lit up in every picture. Her smile was white and wide. Her dark hair fell at her shoulders. She was light and carefree, and I continued to feel like her darkness. You don't deserve her, the voice said. Shut the fuck up, I screamed in hysteria. I watched the shadows dance around the room. One shadow started to choke the other shadow. Stop it, I screamed at them. I jumped out of bed and tried to break it up. More shadows came, and I could feel their hands start to wrap around me. I physically started gasping for air and crawled my way out of the room. I slammed the door behind me and let my cat stay trapped inside. I slid across the floor to the kitchen where I turned all the lights on. It was silent. Out of here, I know who you are, I threatened. The room did not respond. I peeked in the kitchen cupboards. I opened my front door an inch and saw nothing but street lamps illuminating the sky. I sat on the ground next to the lazy Susan that was filled with pots and pans. I didn't sleep. It was hours, but I made it. Around seven, I ventured back to my room. The shadows were gone and my cat was sleeping soundly where my head usually lay. I forced myself to shower again. I carefully picked out clothes. I took myself on a long walk outside. I read a few pages in one of my favorite books. Before I met Nikki, I stopped at the store to get her some flowers. This was taking all I had to be this functional. I arrived early and got us a spot outside on the patio. She glowed when she arrived. She reached out to hug me and held me tightly for many minutes before letting go. I stifled my urges to cry. Not today. I would not let this happen today. When we sat down, she took my hand in hers and smiled at me with pain in her eyes. I looked away but stated honestly, I think I need to go back on my meds. I know, she said. Look at all these crazy texts you've been sending me. I glanced at her phone in horror. My eyes grew wide and I looked away.
I haven't opened them yet, she said. But this is what happened the last time you stopped taking your meds. It's okay, baby. It's okay to need them. There's nothing wrong with you. You are the love of my life, Jacqueline. Thank you.